You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, episode number 31. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because I release a new episode every couple of weeks. You can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore Page. And coaches, I am launching a brand new three-month group program on November the 19th, which uh, basically helps coaches that are making on average between zero and $2,500 a month get clients on on demand and build a six-figure business. So if you want to learn more about that, you can actually jump on the wait list right now. There's the details in the show notes for you there. But today I catch up with Josh Hardy and we talk about his approach to holistic health. I'm going to say that title again because when I said it, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. And then I had another look at it. This one is called the holistic approach to health. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my last vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. What's been happening? Not much, man. I'm actually, um, I'm actually in a great mood because this, this is the first time I'm actually testing the studio setup. I've got the light, I've got the backup GoPro, I've got the new microphone freshly installed, and I'm just very pleased that it's working. So, well, there you go, Matt. That, if you've been watching all my, if you're watching my Iron Man training, that's mm. pretty much just consumed my whole entire life at the moment. Nice, man. Well, um, this is a uh, special one for me as well because this is the first time that I'm recording in my living area. I normally do podcasts in my bedroom, but I hate the environment of it, yeah? Like, it's it's the acoustics are better, but yeah. I'm just, like, stuck mm-hmm. in this chair that doesn't swivel. And um, Yeah, yeah. It's just, it feels crap. I like to be able to move around. And I, whenever I do a podcast, yeah, because I'm stuck in this chair <clears> and I've got this mic here, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I can't fully yeah. express myself so because... I like to be able to move around and I'm like, I might just give this a go and I'm loving the feel way better. Yeah. Than Are you standing? So I'm standing, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also standing as well. I'm at a standing desk and I've got it sorted. Do you yeah. know, it, it actually takes me back to um, a phone call you and I had um, when you were coaching me probably mm. two and a half years ago. Back in the and day. And you're actually explaining about back in the day back and you're day, explaining man. about actual f- physical embodiment during the call. Mm. And actually like allowing myself to stand up and walk around because I'm a mover. When I chat, yeah. I like to move. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember you telling me you were like, stand up, like get out the chair and then yeah. feel yourself when you stand up. Yeah. And then every time I started calling people, I was always standing up ever since. Mm. No, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Massive difference. It does. But, it really does. So um, what are we, what are we talking? We're talking about health here. And it was like, Absolutely. Your, your approach to health in a holistic way. So, mm-hmm. mate, let's just have a real a conversation that goes wherever it needs to go, um, which I know mm-hmm. you're going to love. Mm-hmm. And um, Absolutely. Let's just start with, just introduce yourself, man. Tell about who you are, what do you do, everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is is Josh Hardy. My current, uh, current focus of where I spend majority of my time at the moment is running my 24-7 gym along with holistic lifestyle coaching. So I am a coach. That's what I enjoy. It's what I'm good at. And um, that led me to um, have that kind of synchronous journey where I'm going in one route where I'm being a coach. And then the other route is I'm actually being a business owner and actually using the systems and the modalities that I teach as a coach 
into the gym, into the trainers, into our members, and then working on spreading that methodology across the board. And that methodology is essentially that the holistic approach is the only way. There's, there's no other if, buts, or maybe. Mm. It's just the fact that people have kind of um, received the wrong end of the fitness industry. And my personal belief is it's more operated around greed is that all the gyms that have come up have been so, so solely focused on just fitness. And they've been so solely focused on uh, locking people into contracts and not actually educating them effectively that we now have this, this fitness industry that is heavily driven by ego. And I'm over here like, guys, it's actually about health, not fitness. And I kind of kind of talk to people and say health and fitness should have never been separated in the first place. I don't know why they got separated. It's health and fitness come in the same bucket. And if someone wants to be fit inside the gym and they want to achieve any sort of goal related to their fitness, they can't just focus on gyms which is what gyms provide. They need to focus on their mental health, which includes their relationship with nutrition, their relationship with rest and recovery, and their relationship with themselves in order to actually believe that they actually deserve to be that fit and be that healthy and break through whatever barriers they have. They also need to learn fundamental lifestyle habits and fundamental uh, excuse me, fundamental things about just baseline sleep and breathing mechanics. And these things never really got taught in school. We never got taught how to walk and run properly. We never got taught how to understand um, when our body gives us niggles or feels different. And we never got taught how to understand or interpret that information that our body gives us. Mm. And um, there's, there's been a big, big lapse in the way our health and fitness has been presented to us as humans. And, And my role is essentially to help people understand their responsibilities as a homo sapien so that they can do whatever they want. Every single person, they've got a heart, they've got a set of lungs, they've got a circulatory system, they've got a brain, they've got a nervous system, they've got muscles that dictate how their body moves. And if people don't have a baseline awareness of how their body works, they're actually setting themselves short in the long run if they want to be a coach or if they want to be a business owner or if they want to be a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a boyfriend, a husband, a partner, whatever it is that someone wants to do, however they want to express themselves, that's going to be amplified and made easier if their body functions better. And that's, that's why I honestly believe I'm on this planet is to help facilitate that within people and obviously share that message. I really enjoy talking about it. Yeah, man. And like the, from the health point of view, like I'm massive, massive advocate for health. I'm not like a hardcore or anything like that. I don't, I don't, um, when it comes to the details of what you would know, yeah, I don't know that stuff, but do I put a priority on my health? hundred percent. My dad, um, my dad's always been like an unhealthy dude. He's been overweight. He's had, you know, played footy early age and he's had the hit replacements and he struggles to move around and things like that. So me growing up and seeing that, it's made mm. me go, man, I'm not going to ever let myself get to that stage. And the thing is, yeah. is that, you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Like I'm, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm generally like, I can eat anything. Yeah. And I don't put on weight. I'm one of those type people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, well, if my dad's got that big, he's probably... I don't even know what he's weighing now. I mean, he got like a lap band and that, so it's come down a bit. He's probably sitting at about 115, but he would have been like 130, 140 at one stage. Wow. Wow. A little bit shorter than me. So maybe six foot, six one. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. So it's really, it's been a good thing for me because I've always mm-hmm. put a, a, a pride on health. And I think if, you know, if we're talking about um, a lot of business owners are listening to this podcast, um, there's, uh, there's plenty of people that are maybe good at business, but they don't necessarily put a focus on health. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, we're building a business for a particular reason, right? It's like, oh, we want to get money and all that shit. But it's like, well, yeah, we want to get all the money and stuff like that, but we're doing it for a particular feeling. Yes. And if we can't be operating at our absolute best Mm -hmm. and our prime, like what's the point of doing it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll also add to that is, um, excuse me, a lot of people are unaware of what actually drives them as I've discovered. And that was very much true for me in my initial journey. And excuse me. When I was actually like originally starting, I really wanted to um, get out of my current situation. And I was my original driver into business and to be, you know, I wanted to be a millionaire when I was younger. You know, I want to drive BMWs and Lambos and I have watches. I was the same, mate. Yep, yeah, that, that was when I first joined Instagram, probably like eight years ago, my whole news mm. feed was like watches and suits and dudes yeah. in Mercedes and stuff. It was that that whole scene, but I was really judging myself because I wasn't there. And that, that anger that I kind of um, accumulated through that process is actually what originally drove me. But the interesting thing about that, because that drove me in such an aggressive way, I was actually, I was driven by not wanting to feel a certain way. So I was then going, I'm going to take on essentially any direction. I didn't have any, I was like, I don't want to be this person. I just knew that I didn't want to be where I was. And Mm. then that gave me initial motivation, but it was motivation without direction. And that made me start lots of different projects. So I didn't really know what I wanted. I just knew what I didn't want. And with the journey of health and fitness, especially when I label it as holistic health and fitness is the, the listeners may understand that more. When we take a holistic approach, we're very much having to learn, again, these sensations and these urges that our body actually tells us. And when we actually learn to tune into those, we can actually start to decipher our own motivation. Mm-hmm. And it's originally just a journey on you know, paying attention to energy levels and paying attention to tension within the body. But that kind of focus on, on just general health performance actually creates huge amounts of um, growth in our empathy levels and our emotional awareness increases because we just understand what's happening inside our body. And when we can learn to understand those, mind, those minute um, sensations and urges and surges that happen with us, they give us a much clearer understanding of who we want to be in life and where we want to go. And yeah. if I had had more of a connection with my body back then, I wouldn't have actually like, um, missed, um, what do you say? I just went, I went down a lot of wrong paths because of that initial, I didn't really understand that it was anger. It was just, I thought it was just a bit of disgust. You know, I just wanted to be successful, but it was not, it was, it wasn't that is what, that I didn't accept myself. I didn't really believe that I was worthy of, of getting girls at that time. I was too scared to ask girls out because I didn't want to tell them. I'm like, Oh, I've got a $3,000 Holden Vectra, you know, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like still just driving forklifts and stuff, which was true back then. And I didn't, mm. I didn't realize that attraction came from an internal radiance. I, I actually believe that attraction from females was actually coming from like how many material things that I had. And, and um, my journey through health and fitness has very quickly turned into the ultimate, you know, spiritual path or the o- ultimate personal growth journey, because 
in my endeavors to actually grow a business, I've actually just grown myself. And mm. ironically, then the business has grown because I've grown myself as a result of that. And that, that lesson there has taught me that it's okay to prioritize myself at all times. Yeah. So you're, um, you've been doing cold showers for how long now? 602 days straight. Man, that's I, like nuts. It's actually two days straight. Yeah, it's actually a little bit longer than that. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you add, um, so it's a 602 day streak, which I've yep. done on my, I've mm. got a habit tracker. I track every single day, mm-hmm. but I, I think I did about 90 to hundred days prior to that in a streak. And then I missed a day. I had, I had one experience where I missed the day and then I had yep. to start again. Um, but a whole year prior to that, I'd also done cold showers. So I did, mm. um, I did 365 days of, uh, I was still tracking it, but I wasn't holding myself to tracking it. It wasn't like, oh, you know, if I, if I miss a day, like who cares? But mm. I did a year of, I had to get in the water and that was the only, that was the only thing that I needed to do. So some days it was a five second shower. Some days it was a 60 second shower. Some days it was like a, you know, 30 second shower, but I just knew that I had to get in. And then once I was in, I had permission to get out whenever I felt like it. Yeah. I did that for a whole year. And then once I had proved that to myself, then I started my, this is my a streak. I'm going for it. And then that was now it's been 602 days of three minutes, like minimum three minute minimum. Mate, that's nuts. So like, where's this cut? Where's it come from? Like the urge to do cold showers? Uh, so I'm a bit of a yes man and I still have, you know, I, again, I just like when things come my way, I'm like, yep, sure. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. And I had tried cold showers. Um, cause I'm, I'm actually, when it comes to the cold, I'm personally very, um, I'm like a seven year old girl when it comes to the cold and I still am. I still shiver like crazy because I'm very, a, a very lean physique. I don't mm. hold and retain heat very much. So yep. I get cold really, really easily, but what kind of tipped the needle for it was that I knew that um, cold showers was a high performance habit. And I knew that lots of the high performers, whether they were in business yep. or they were in, um, they were in business or they were in the, the fitness or athletic scene, everyone that I aspired to be like had been dabbling in cold showers. So I was like, you know what? Like, you know, th- these people are in, in areas of their life where I would like to be in my life sometimes. Yep. And if, if basically I just thought, what are they doing that I'm not? then maybe mm-hmm. if I do those habits, then I will actually be more on track to that journey. Mm. And um, the, the needle that tipped with the needle that tipped the haystack, that's not the saying, you know what I mean? I know the thing mean. that actually got the thing that got <laughs> me across the line was I got gifted um, tools of the Titans by Tim Ferriss, the book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that is the interview from Tony Robbins and Tony right. Robbins yep. um, shares that he's got, he's got like six Here's or seven houses. Thing, yeah. Yeah, he does. He does a bunch of them, but yeah, he had because Tony Robbins is so into state change, as you know. Mm. He's actually got a cold plunge pool in every single one of his houses around the world. So he's got mm. five or six houses, and one of the houses is actually I don't know where in the world it is, but it's like near a lake, a river, yeah. the stream that runs like off a glacier, and he yeah. goes into the natural thing. And hearing him going to a, like a little glacier lake every single morning, mm. just like. It just clicked. I'm like, if Tony's doing it and Tony's got a I'm lake in his house, I'm doing it. And then yeah. I want to buy a house one day where I have a, a lake or a glacier fed river or something. Is that got a, I start- is there a, sorry, is there a waterfall going into that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just yeah. a natural, um, it's just a runoff stream or runoff lake, but it, yeah, you know, I I'm, 
Yeah, I think I do believe you, you might be right. And that's probably yeah. where um, Fiji, where he's from, is in Maui. Anyway, he's, mm. he's somewhere amazing. Mm. And um, anything like nature, real, I have a big resonance with nature because I grew up in the Perth Hills. And mm. um, anything, when people inspire me through nature, just like it just flicks a switch inside me. And when I read mm. that story about Tony, I was like, all right, I'm finally in the cold showers. And then I started and just never yep. turned back. Okay. Have you ever um, talking about the nature thing? I've found that same thing as I've gotten older, I appreciate mm-hmm. nature so much. And I guess because, because everything's, everything's online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just always mm-hmm. in, in your phone or in front of a, some sort of screen. So yeah. as I've gotten older, yeah. I'm just like that, having that disconnect and wanting mm-hmm. to get out into the nature. Like I surf mm-hmm. now, man. I, I love it. Yeah. Surf I love that too. Start of last year. Have you, so you, do you surf? No, I never surfed. I went through a phase when I was a teenager as a bodyboarder. Yeah, yeah. But my combination of my, at the time, small physique um, made me very, um, I just like, I couldn't get out past the whitewash that sometimes because I couldn't even push my bodyboard underneath, underneath right. the waves because I was yeah. so, I was so light. I was like 50 kilos during that phase. So mm. I was just a, just a small, just a small like Asian style physique. That was my genetics back then. And um, yeah, I never got, I never managed to get into surfing because um, yeah. the waves were too powerful for me. I couldn't mm. figure out how to embrace that energy. So, but yeah, yeah. go on about you surfing. Oh, I was just going to say, man, it's like, it's, that's been a, it's one of the, one of the top things in my life that makes me feel amazing. Wow. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's almost like I get, I get as excited to surf, like, you know, when you're a kid and you got something coming up, yeah. And mm. for me to have that at, like, at least once a week, like I'm going tomorrow and I'm just like pumped, like all today I'm excited, mm. I'm excited. Mm. So there's the excitement, yeah, and doing something. And it, I mean, it does so many things. Like there's the getting out in the actual elements, getting in the water yes. and the salts. That's yeah. good for your body, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mate majority of the time i go surfing i'm fucking scared so i'm facing fears yeah so it's fucking yeah. challenging yeah so you gotta yeah. face that from a physical aspect man it's very physically demanding um, yes yeah and one thing i've found is that when i first started surfing i mainly surfed by myself but now i hate surfing by myself i love doing it wow. with my mates and it's a thing where i actually get to see my mates every week and you know sure so many benefits man so i was, I was thinking now have you considered getting back into it or is it just not really your thing I, I definitely, I, I would hundred percent surf. Cause I also feel as if I'd be a pretty good surfer. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be any, anything outstanding. Cause I'd never commit the time to do it. But, mm. um, my actual deepest fear is of the deep blue. My, my biggest fears are around, um, like suffocating and drowning. Like that's mm-hmm. my, some of my biggest fears. But, right. um, as a child, I was scared of the dark and, mm. and still to this day, I still have moments where I'm a bit intimidated by the dark and then that translates into um, the ocean. And, um, right. you know, with my endeavors towards Ironman, mm-hmm. it's, it's, taught me, it's taught me two things. It's that I need to, I can actually gain a lot of fulfillment out of just being hyper-focused. So as, as far as like sports are concerned, I'm really just focused on endurance sport. And then if I want to do any sort of athletic expression, it's now more intelligent for me to kind of keep keep that focus nice and narrow. So I'm always continually making progress in my, my swimming, my biking, my running and any sort of endurance sport. But the other thing with, with the Ironman stuff, it actually is now forcing me to confront my deepest fear of actually swimming in the ocean because that's where the races are. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, we talk about like this, this resonance that our body has in nature. 
and you know when you get in the water there's there's like a there's like this shift like you kind of i call it like getting a hug from mother nature's arms like get like going back to mummy because mother like mother nature is the all giving life to everyone to everyone everything on this planet is provided to us by mother mother nature and when i go out into any sort of nature, whether it's a bush for a trail run, whether it's just going to the cliffs just to walk around or whether it's actually going into the ocean. The, the moment my body starts to submerge itself, there's this like, there's this resonance. There's a like synchronization that happens with my physiology. And I believe everyone goes through that. But what actually happens with me, when I touch salt water, my body yeah. goes into anxiety. And I don't know why. Right. And it's just pure fear. But when I did the Ironman, it was only the half Ironman a couple of a couple of weeks ago. That was my second ever ocean swim was the actual race. And I was like 400 meters into the water and I just mm. had a full panic attack. And All mentally right. I was mentally I was fine. I yeah, was really yeah. okay with it because I knew I was like, you know what? There's helicopters around, there's shark watch, there's lifeguards. We're in the crowd. I'm swimming with 2,000 other races at the moment. But mm. My body, no matter how much I program myself mentally, my body just wasn't used to a full salt water submersion. And there's now there's this like physical resistance phase that when I get into salt water, I seize up and it's really challenging for me to kind of nurse my physiology through that moment. Mm. And then once, because once I'm into it, then I'm fine. Like I can jump in the pool. I'll swim 2K right now, nonstop, no issues. But if I had to jump in the ocean and swim 2K, I'd, I can guarantee you now I'd have to swim a couple hundred meters, pause, float on my back, go for another hundred meters, pause, float on my back. And I'd have to do that two or three times until I've spent about 10 minutes in the water and my body's adapted. Mm. So there's still, there still is a, a nurture phase to me, but it's, um, it's made me realize like how it, it, it's like that my body understands that nature, mother nature can fuck me up at any point in time the actual raw power of the earth is so it makes us humans insignificant in the big picture. You know, Mm. it could be a tidal wave. It could be a rip. It could be a giant sea animal. It could be like running through nature and it could be a bushfire. It could be if, if mother nature wanted to wipe us out at any point in moment, it could do it at that moment. And when I'm in the Mm. water, I really feel that. I really feel that Mm. that that intimidates me as well. So have you like, um, have you thought of just actually exposing yourself to the ocean like every day and just going that approach? No, I, I've definitely thought about it, um, but actually actioning it is a different story. And I, you know, I, I've got all the excuses like, oh, I've got to get on the bike and got to go for a run, got to do my training, or because I live about thirty minutes from the beach, and then. Mm then work the gym is actually 45 minutes in the opposite direction to where the coast is. Mm -hmm. So I I use all these location-based excuses and time-based excuses to not get in the water. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, just not doing it. But definitely um, I'm actually doing a, um, there's a, there's a swim over in, in Perth called Port to Pub. And it's a 20 kilometer swim from, um, the co- the, uh, through Cottesloe, which is one of the main beaches in Perth, mm. from Cottesloe straight across the water to Rottnest Island. Yep. So um, I'm not going to do the twenty the 20k swim solo, but I'm going to do it in a team where we're actually swimming across, literally swimming across the ocean in order yeah. to yeah. 20 kilometers just straight out, just yeah, straight out nice. there. And as I think about it, I'm like, oh shit, but um, yeah. that'd be good for me to go through that event as well. And because at the end of the day, like, I'm starting to become inspired by um, traveling the world and doing all the endurance events. 
And mm. that means like all the marathons around the world. I want to do Ironmans around the world. I want to do trail races around the world, ultra marathons. And, and then I want to do all the big swims as well, because that mm. all falls in the bucket of what Ironman is, which is swim, bike and run. Yep. So I, I just, I'm basically just, I'm just still an L plater. When I get in the yeah. water, I'm just a hands out L plater. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool way to see the world. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't do that, but whenever Courtney and I go to see other places, we don't really do like the, the luxury holidays yeah like yeah we, we yeah. just like to kind of be more in it and be more real to get the i mean we like the mm-hmm. challenge yeah we yeah like the challenge. absolutely we like it to be hard because then you learn something from it as opposed to just going to sit in a five-star hotel where you could be in your own home and home and mm. home state yeah so yeah it's a good way to see the world i hundred percent agree with that, man. My, my learnings from, I've been learning a bit of philosophy, um, over the last close to two years now. And, um, one of the key things I've learned from that is that in my experience, and I think this is true for a lot of people as well, is that fulfillment, like fulfillment lies on the other side of challenge, because Mm -hmm. I think when there's, when there's some sort of growth, whether that's a, um, where we receive some sort of insight from that particular challenge, or it's just physically our body has been, you know, at the end of a workout, our body is actually damaged after that workout. And afterwards Mm. there is a sense of fulfillment and there's that endorphin feeling as well from the body, just because it is now starting to grow. And then there's that rest period where we actually fulfill ourselves with nutrients and we feel better. And when I go through any sort of like personal challenge, that's when my most fulfilling moments are. And um, when I now reflect on my life, I don't really, I can't remember any moment where I've had a deep fulfillment that's just been handed to me. All those moments of deep fulfillment have actually come from the other side of challenge, me mm. crossing a hurdle in, in some way or another, whether it doesn't matter if it's big or small, there's mm. always been some sort of resistance that I've had to overcome. Mm, so true. I'm actually writing a book um, at the moment. It was recommended to me. It's called Dollars Flow Easily to Me, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Which, have you read it? No, nah, I never heard of it, but it's, I like the sounds of it. I like yeah. where the title's heading. Mate, it's a time. I got it and it was like, it's, it's a tiny, thin book. Um, compl- it's not what I expected to be. I thought, because my, my, my um, mate said, read it. And I'm like, oh, is it going to be like Think and Grow Rich? I'm like, I don't want to read that. Yeah. I've read it before. Yeah, read it a few times. He's like, no, nah, it's completely different. Um, and it's a real, it's a real spiritual based book and it's basically talking about that because i think a lot of the time with manifestation everything like that it's like oh we're gonna it's like what we used to do yeah with the morning rituals like you walk around i'm a fucking leader i'm a fucking millionaire yeah. i'm surrounded yeah. by money all that stuff he's basically like like saying that it's none of that you guys you've just got to feel abundant you guys if you want abundance yeah. you gotta fucking feel abundant yeah yeah oh you know man I mean? so it's kind yeah. of like if you're chasing this external thing you want this <clears throat> external stuff mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll be happy when I've got this external stuff. But it's like, if when you realize that you've actually, everything that you've always wanted, you've got it right here with you right now. Yeah. As just close yep. your eyes right now. And I've been doing the last couple of days. I'm like, this is cool. And it's so true. Close your eyes and just feel how fucking abundant you actually are. Mm. Feel what you've actually already got. And seriously, mm-hmm. feel abundant. And don't actually mentally think of and picturing money and everything like that. Don't even worry about that. Just whatever feeling means to you, just feel it. Mm. And that's, that's really, been really cool. What was the thing? I mean, there's a point to that based off the story you're telling there. What were Mm -hmm. you saying? Exactly. Can't remember. Um, I can't remember, but I've actually got another thought that I want to add on to um, 
what you actually you actually said because this is a it's only a this is the second time I've said this out loud because it's a it's kind of a sentence that I figured out and said out loud only a couple of days ago when I was speaking to some some students actually and it's that life provides life seem to life seems to provide us with slipstreams and is what I mean sleep, by that sleep slip streams slip streams slip. Slip like slip. like an aerodynamic slipstream right and um it, think about it like um it, actually, what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of preframe. As of last week, I just finished an 81-week journey with Taoism. Taoism is where the yin yang came from, and the the Tao Te Ching, which is essentially the the, the spiritual text of the um, the of Taoism. There's 81 verses to that, and there's a book that's been written on. There's an essay on every single verse, and what I did was listen to the verse and that essay every weekday for a week for 81 weeks. I did a week, uh, sorry, I did a verse a week every week and I've just finished it 81 weeks ago. And what that taught me was that I need to pay attention constantly to my internal environment, which is just all my feelings and what's happening around me. Mm -hmm. And also pay attention to my external environment, which is everything to do with the weather, the people, how the energy changes in people in, in, in the room when people change their, um, their surroundings as well. And as I've paid attention to that, I've started to, I was starting to notice that when I would go down certain directions in life, whether it might be like, I'm going to pursue this female because I'm attracted to her, or I'm going to, I believe this idea is going to make money in my business. Or I believe that if we launch this marketing campaign, this is going to work, or I'm going to try this sport because I feel most drawn to it. When I would go and make these decisions, I started to become aware of sometimes they were more an intellectual based decision. And sometimes they were more a heart based decision. And sometimes mm. they were a more gut based decision. And I could tell, I started to observe when I was actually operating from fear or through love or through excitement or just the desire to be stimulated mentally. And as I paid attention to those, the more I kind of rolled with the, the, the decisions from the gut and the heart, when I did that, I was putting the same amount of effort in this direction that I was in other areas, but because it came from the gut and the heart and not here, things just started to fall into place a lot better. And, you know, the spiritual routes and the astrological routes saying that, okay, that, that's law of attraction and that's your manifestation and that's how you're interacting with quantum physics, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. But putting all, that, putting all that aside, just from my own experience, when I started to be more heart and gut driven, when I went down these routes, it's as if I was just literally caught in a universal slipstream, like a cosmic slipstream where, you know, the abundance started flowing because I was actually going into a direction that actually provided me with fulfillment. And I believe it's that, that fulfillment cycle that I was naturally just happier doing these things because I was doing things that I wanted, not yeah. I believed I wanted, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, we could be sprinting into a headwind and that's our 100% max effort into a headwind. And we might only travel 20 meters before we fatigue. But if we turn the other direction and expended the exact same of, of energy, but with the wind behind us, we would travel twice as fast and twice as far. Mm. And that is 100% true for all the experiences in, in my recent life, as I've been learning Taoism, is that I've discovered how to fall into my own personal slipstreams and for whatever reason, I have no idea why. And it, to be honest, it doesn't fucking matter, but things are just falling into place. 
And yeah. it's that that term, this slipstream, the slipstream of life is what I think of when you talk about, it's about feeling that because I can feel, I can feel the slipstream. I can feel that internal pull to go towards this direction. Mm. And I can literally feel like life is just like falling into place for me. And it's, mm. um, it blew my mind and it, I haven't really been able to properly explain it you know, as it took me like a couple minutes just to explain it just then, because I'm only becoming new to this concept, but um, slipstreams are something I'm going to be sharing a lot in the future with my clientele, because it's a discovery that's working for me. And I'm really interested to see if that same language and that same story will then open other people's eyes up to help them find their slipstream as well. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, tested this concept in the battlefield, but I'm very confident that it's, it's going to work very well for people. If that, the idea of finding their slipstream, cause you can, you, you, the slip, the, the knowing of that slipstream comes from being in here. Like I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. the slipstream is that abundance. It's like feeling abundance. Right. So can you give me an example of these slipstreams, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just so I know we're on the right page you're saying that yeah. it's almost like as opposed to following your head you've been more you're getting urges through your heart and your gut and you're going oh well i'm mm-hmm. going to do that when you say do that as in physically do it like have you got mm-hmm. examples of some slip streams that you've actually physically done recently yeah Abs- absolutely absolutely i'll um i'll use the first example of um it actually happened last week and um ever since i did the um i did the half iron man about uh three or four weeks ago and about three hours after three hours after i did this iron man i was like sorry let's say two and a half hours after i couldn't walk i was so sore and so fatigued i was sunburned and i was hobbling around it was about i think it was about 112 k's that i'd just traveled it was a 1.9 k swim it was a 90 kilometer bike ride and then it was a half marathon all back to back and i did it in just under six hours it was just like Six hours of just constant, just like hammering my body. And it was pure hell. But when I was there, it just felt so right. Like more right than most of the things that I've done. It was more right than being in the business that I currently own. Mm. And it was so right. It's the closest when you can probably, you probably know this feeling is like when you look at Courtney and you're like, oh, she's, 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 that's it. That's her. That's her. Mm. And when I got to the Ironman, I was like, this is it. Like I've never felt this feeling before, but this is it. This mm-hmm. is the feeling. I have never felt a stronger conviction than doing endurance training. I don't fucking know why, but it just yeah. felt right. Three hours after that Ironman, I couldn't walk and I was laying on my bed and my body was on autopilot and I was like scrolling through Gumtree and Marketplace looking at bikes because I'm like, I need a proper bike for this race. <laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah. I just knew that I was in. Mm. So ever since there, the last couple of weeks, I've been, literally, I've just been thinking Iron Man. I've been literally the first week after Iron Man, I dreamt seven days. Every day mm. I was on a bike in my dreams. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really have tapped into this obsession. And ever since I've done that, people are just asking for more sessions now. People mm. are messaging. My Instagram has now just started getting all these more fulfilling DMs. Like, thank you so much. Like, I'm so like, I've just signed up for my first um, 5K run. And now I've... I'm actually starting cold showers and I'm doing this and I haven't changed anything in the way I deliver. I haven't changed anything in the way I lead my team. I haven't Mm. changed anything in the way I put myself out on social media. I've just been consistent at doing all the things I've basically done. The Mm. only thing I've changed is just like following this hardcore 
excitement towards this one direction of in, becoming an endurance athlete. And in the la- last week, last week, three of my high paying clients all messaged me within a 48 hour period. And they're like, man, I just want to let you know, like, this is the best value for money I've ever been getting as far as your coaching is concerned. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you um, taking the time to spend time with me. And that was prior to, prior, prior to COVID hitting with the gym, I was charging 70 to $80 an hour. Mm-hmm. Then after COVID, what I did, I, and that was a bit of a, a belief breaking moment for me is where I actually said, you know what? I'm not offering personal training anymore as a gym owner. I'm only going to offer one style of coaching. And I bumped my rate up to $90 a week, non-negotiable. And it's daily check-ins. It's I do the nutrition plan and I do the lifestyle habits and we do an hour session a week. So I just created this new service that no one else offered. And is then this, is it, this online? What you're telling you? No, this is just my, this is my one. It's online and one-on-one, but majority yeah. of it is one-on-one because I actually yeah. enjoy that one-on-one um, training as well. Mm. And that... I only started picking up a couple of clients because some people like, I'm not willing to pay that. And there has been like, it's been kind of touch and go with this new, um, this new higher, higher ticket uh, service that I'm offering. Cause it's also quite high price for the actual socioeconomic area that the gym's based in as well. Mm-hmm. But I've been delivering that coaching for the last two months now. And only the th- only thing that ever changed was me going 100% down this route to focus on this endurance training, this Ironman stuff. That's the only variable in my life that's changed. And then within doing that, my coaching inquiries have gone up. The gym inquiries have gone up. The team have started responding to me better. It's as if I have this radiance and this respect from everyone. And all I've been doing is following what I've loved. Mm. Just following what I call God's path. It's just... It's never felt so right for me to follow. And it's so clear to me because I've spent the last 81 weeks paying attention to what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And all I've done is just exercised more, been training every single day and three of my $90 a week paying clients. So that's three clients paying 90 bucks a week for three hours of my work. And every single one of them are like, this is the best value for money I've ever had. And I'm really appreciative to have you as a coach because of Baba, but this has changed this and this and this and this. And the only thing that changed was actually me following what I did. I was still coaching them exactly the same as I was this week, last week, the week before that, mm. nothing changed. And that was my ultimate slipstream that I've actually stepped in. That's a recent experience. So why do you think it's actually happening? So not from the point of view where um, you're now following your heart, yeah? Mm-hmm. Your gut. Mm-hmm. So we know the changes that have been happening in your life is because you said, well, you're following these yeah. slipstreams. But what do you think from the actual, say, the people contacting you? Yeah. This change yeah. in people contacting you. Yeah. What do you think that's happening? What's causing that exactly? The, the, that's a great question, man. That is a really good question. The first thing that comes to mind is actually me proving that giving myself permission to be myself actually empowers people. So if I kind of... Mm say that again, I've noticed in the coaching space that people want to be themselves, but they have never been, they haven't really seemed to be told that it's okay to be themselves and who you naturally are. Yeah. And I've noticed that when I see people that are unapologetically themselves, somewhat the first person that comes to mind is Conor McGregor. I love, Mm -hmm. I love MMA. I love USC and I love Conor McGregor. I know a lot of people hate him, but 
the one thing that I love about him is that he is him. Yeah. And I also, I also, lo- I also love flamboyant gays. Yeah. They really make me chuckle because they're just like, I'm me. And they got the sass to it. They're like, I'm me. I don't give yeah. a fuck who you, what you think about it. But it's, yeah. it's, that is, that is liberty at its finest. When someone is themselves, and I, I first learned that as my time as a male stripper, because I had to learn how to be comfortable being naked mm-hmm. in front of like large amounts of women all the time. And any of my insecurities, if that, if they were present at that moment, it affected the energy in that hen's night. And if I was affecting the energy in the hen's night, I wasn't delivering my best service. So I learned very quickly how to become comfortable to be mm. naked. Mm-hmm. But now I'm learning to become comfortable in what I believe will work as a business owner or what I believe will work as a, as a coach. And it's that me just feeling like I can just express myself however I want. And, and, and for me, I like, I just said, guys, I'm going down, you know, I'm told my business partner, I'm fucking doing this Ironman stuff rather than yeah. me like, Oh, do you think I will have enough time to do the Ironman? Because will I be not serving my greatest good for the business? You yeah. know, all these kind of things. But I, mm. this time it's just like, no, I'm doing the Ironman. And he respected me for that. So it's the fact that I'm allowing myself to be myself and I'm prior, I'm, I'm prioritizing myself. And I do believe by doing that, that actually inspires people to then be themselves. And I think if, when someone can be themselves, mm. that is the ultimate liber- liberty that we deep down pursue as a soul. Mm. You know, mm. I, I think, yep. I think a big part of our life is, Um, whether we call it inner child soul or your spirit or your character or just your name, like we're in a, we're in a shell as a homo sapien. We have like this rib cage and we have this this head and this skull and this brain. And we have all these like meat, this meat suit that we wear that as a holistic lifestyle coach, that's what I work on is the homo sapien aspect. But I, I believe part of everyone's life existence is actually just to learn how to let that invisible part of themselves their character or their natural expression or their emotion or however you see it, everyone has, you have the vehicle, which is just the the engineering mechanical aspect of the meat suit they're in. And then there's this like, there's this formless invisible thing that animates that meat suit. And that, that the thing that that life force that animates the meat suit is you, it is your soul. It's your character. It's who you are. And for whatever reason, you know, some people like blue, like they don't know why they just look at blue and they're like, oh, that makes me feel good. You know, I'm, I like blue the most. And some people mm. are like, oh, blue, like it's not my color. And th- there's no reason to it. It just is. And part of our, you know, our existence in life is actually to find out how to, A, make sure that the meat suit is a well-oiled machine so that it doesn't hold us back, but so that we can find a way to actually allow this energy bubble of character and spirit to express itself through the meat suit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's our, it's everyone's spiritual path is to discover themselves and actually figure out what their contribution to this planet is and what this contribution to the human race is, because we are always our best when we're being ourselves. That's why we have a thing called strengths and weaknesses Mm. and everyone's strengths and weaknesses are different Mm -hmm. so that we can actually contribute in our own unique way. Yeah. And I think there's a, that's like the ultimate, the ultimate spiritual fulfillment. And it's the ultimate, um, just the the sense of freedom that most humans seem to desire freedom to just express themselves. Mm. I mean, this is a big point. Um, I actually did a video this morning talking about this exact same thing. Um, Mm. so how do we, for someone say you got people out there and I mean, we're all part of this. It's just different extents. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you got someone out there where they're just they're so fucking afraid to be himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 They. You know, on the inside, they're screaming to be that person, but they're just yeah. scared. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be, say, you're an online business, you are basically exposing, you're letting the world in. That's all you're doing. Yeah. You're going to be like an online yeah. business and you're going to be that brand face the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why like, I, I sometimes I see people say with coaches, right? And they'll have like, mm-hmm. they don't have their profile. It's not their face. It's like a graphic and shit like that. And you go on their page and it's like, oh, well, I'll help you build a business. But it's just like full of fucking yeah. quotes. Like, I want to yeah. see you. Like, no one's going to want to, no one's interested in, in jump. Social media is social. Yeah. We're seeing yes. this person yeah. and learning about yeah. them and connecting with them. So if you're mm-hmm. hiding that, then the connection is going to be interrupted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if this big thing, is about well us com- being our complete self. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Ripped all back. So in your in your experience, how do we actually get there? If you got someone who's just fucking afraid, yeah, maybe they maybe they want to speak up. Maybe they love mm-hmm. they they, mm-hmm. they they have a topic that they will love to speak about. Maybe it's controversial, but they're like, oh, I don't want to speak about it because you know maybe my audience don't agree with me and I'll lose followers mm. and things like that. Maybe it's like, mm. oh, the type of person where you film a video and it's like I stuffed one word up, so I've got to fucking say it again. Yep. Or mm-hmm. a photo mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's just the constant thing with this perfect image on social media, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So what are some things that they can do, they can work on? Apart, because one thing you've mentioned is obviously following your heart, yeah, and your gut. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything yeah. else where you can actually put down, it's like, do this, start fucking yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, man, I, I'm... It, it's partially maybe just like the bulletproof coffee that I've back on drinking, but I'm like so revved up to answer this question. Um, <laughs> I've got a great answer for you. What I think is what I've, and this is a very, very recent learning. I'm talking about like, I was like mid run last week and I'm like, Oh no shit. That's it. If someone's in a business journey where they're wanting to grow their profile online, they're trying to grow their business or they're trying to, they're in the business or entrepreneurship landscape. That yeah. itself is a game. And that game has a set of rules, the set of rules, the engineering of the business landscape, there is sales and marketing, and that comes down into communication. There's leadership, there's organization. There is a core set of fundamental skills that everyone must know in business. If you want to play that game, if you want to play soccer, you need to know what offside is. If you want to play netball, you need to know what travel means and you have to abide by those rules. Mm. Otherwise, the scoreboard won't ref- reflect what you oh, desire. Love this. Does that make Does that yeah, make man. sense? Mm. So, the funny thing about that I've learned about business is that because I've been a, a free entrepreneur, that I started my own business. I'm not part of a franchise. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I found it very hard to figure out what to focus on. And now there's probably a confusing question of like, okay, this person's now you know an upcoming coach and they're an upcoming entrepreneur. Okay, Josh, I've now figured out these core skills that I need to learn and they probably already know there's some of them that they don't want to learn or they know that they're going to struggle at learning. Like, how am I? I'm not a leader. How am I supposed to learn leadership if I'm, if I'm too scared to stand in front of one person, let alone five people in the boardroom or in a meeting or in a sales yeah. consult? Yeah. How am I supposed to get gain the skills? Where do I start? And then they're going to be like, and Josh, you also told me to follow my gut and follow my heart. And that's actually steering me away from learning these skills. Mm. And that's what I went through. Yep. I hear and that so one this all the time. The, Big one. This is the, this is the strategy that I've, I'm now proposed. I've now proposed to myself as well. 
and I'll use, I'll use leadership as the example of myself is that if we follow the things that we're naturally good at. So if we spend some time, this is step one, spend some time discovering what your strengths are, what you're naturally good at. So for me, I'm naturally resilient. I'm naturally good at exercise and health and fitness and pushing myself. Not everyone else is going to want to do that, but down the route of me actually pushing myself physically, mentally, and in such an enduring manner, I can actually learn how to lead people by, for example, because this is very like I'm, I've got military DNA. My entire, the Hardy, the Hardy family line is military as far as it goes back to the front line as in um, when the Scottish would fight with like axes and swords and stuff. That's where the Hardy comes from. Mm. My dad was the first person to not have a, um, to not be born into a war. The world would granddad was um, world war two. So I, I've found out that when I talk to this military DNA, that inspires me to become a leader. So now I'm personally inspired to actually learn leadership through military. So people like Jocko Willink, you've probably heard of him. He's an ex-Navy SEAL and he teaches leadership because of what he learned in the Navy SEALs. When I learn leadership, when I hear leadership from a person who's a Navy SEAL, I'm like, fuck yeah. So that actually resonates with me. Mm-hmm. But let's say someone's like, I don't want to do any, I hate leadership and I hate, like, oh, sorry, I don't hate leadership. I'm not inspired by military. There's actually a billion other places where you can learn leadership. Maybe this person's an introvert and they play games all the time. So that person can then spend more time doing what they love, playing games, and they could play like World of Warcraft where you're a team player and have to, ha- you can learn leadership through playing the game of World of Warcraft, but learning the skill of leadership through Warcraft will give you a direct translation to you apply into business. So there is a set of rules that business needs you need to learn where it's communication, it's empathy and mm. leadership and sales, whatever. If you don't want to sell the thing, you can learn sales by speaking to a friend who is a salesperson. Let's say you love cooking. You could cook for a person who is a fantastic salesman and you can learn from that person because you like physically connecting with people. So through the things that you love, whether it's your sport, whether it's gaming, whether it's knitting, it doesn't matter what your hobbies are. Every hobby and everything that inspires you has the opportunity for you to learn business skills in that environment. Mm. And then it translate across, translates across. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. So you're basically saying there's, you know, there's rules of where the online space is, it's a game we're playing. There's rules that yep. we have to, if we want to score, we've got to, we've got to live by those rules. Mm-hmm. 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 And things like you got to know how to market, you got to know how to sell, you got to be a leader. Yeah. Um, you got to be organized, but if it's like, say, for example, with me, I'm like, yeah, sales, sales is my thing. But if it comes down to yeah. say organization, fucking hate being organized. I'm not organized yeah. like that. Yep. And yep. I don't like learning about it. So as opposed mm-hmm. to the typical textbook style of, okay, we got to do this. You're saying go to something that I have a connection with and yeah. organization yeah. there. Exactly right. Like yeah. you, you, let's just like pull something random out the air. Maybe you like Jenga. Maybe you like Lego. There is a fun. There are fundamental principles of Lego that require an organized mind because you're actually using the spatial part of your brain to build things with Lego. So if you just randomly love Lego or or, or Meccano or something, you can actually learn organization through that and not business. And that was that was true for me when I was when I was first starting off like. If you look in, into areas of life, people, what they value the most, this is pretty much Martini stuff. The people, when they value things, 
their strongest skills come out in the things they value. So like I also struggle with organization, but you know, I'm standing in my studio that I'm really proud of. If you look at my camera bag, everything is fucking organized. Like everything's in its position. Everything's mm. got its little squares. Yeah. If you, like I'm, I wear funky socks. I can't, can I get my leg up? No, I don't have the mobility to try and get my leg up, but yeah. I'm wearing budgie socks right now. Like I wear funky socks. Mm. So because of my funky socks, I actually, f- I fold all of my, my socks and put them mm-hmm. into my drawer inside my clothes drawer. Everything's organized because I really value mm-hmm. that clarity of my clothes. I care about my clothes. I care about my camera stuff. But if you look at my car, there's rubbish in the car. I've got fucking bags in the back that still need to come out. I've got my suit from the dry cleaners because I just I haven't valued the cleanliness of my car as much. Mm. But if I pay attention to my camera gear, I can look at how do I actually plan out my camera gear? How do I plan out this podcast that we're going to do? When it comes to me filming a vlog, how do I plan that out? And that same systematic way of thinking then translates directly into business. So it's mm. the actual skeleton of that, those, those core skills of the, the methodology, um, method, method, methodical, the, the methodical way of thinking mm-hmm. I can then, if I, if I'm aware enough and pay attention to how I think when it comes to me trying to organize a group of people where I'm like, Oh shit, this is a bit more harder. I can go, when was I last organized? And what did I do when I was organized doing the thing that I love? So when I'm in, a, in an environment or a situation that I'm not as passionate about, I can revert back to the, the time where I was energized to organize. And then I take that mental template and then apply it to when I was, when I'm trying to organize myself in a space that I'm not as energized by. If that makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I guess it's easier said than done. Cause I'm just, I'm just thinking um, when you're saying about, if you've really got a, a connection with something, you love doing something, you may behave a certain, like a different way. So for example, mm-hmm. your, your example of the organization. Yeah. So your car's fucking all over the place, but your camera bag. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. thinking back to, um, cause like I used to, I used to, um, I used to, I mean, I used to mix, yeah, on DJ. And mm-hmm. when it came to music, I was crazily patient. Mm-hmm. insanely detailed um and but in general if you take the outside music impatient as fuck mm-hmm. um not detailed really vague yeah with 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 a lot of things in my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's interesting how you say that it's like well if there's one thing that you really love you concentrate on learning a skill there it's the mm. transferring back into something else that's where i'm not really connecting with right now sure like, sure yeah so i'm trying to think where because if, if it's like, well, I'm loving my mixing and my music so much, but then if I'm yeah. going into an area where I'm not loving, and it's weird, we're talking about business, right? We're yes. Trying, we're talking yes. about taking yes. these rules, sales, marketing, leadership, organization, there's a few more. Mm-hmm. But taking, so for example, a common one is that so many people don't like to sell. <laughs> so many people mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like sales, mm-hmm. Ugh, hate it, mm-hmm. hate it. I mean, sales mm-hmm. is just communicating in an effective way. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Getting that. Let, let's, can we, let's go deeper with this particular subject because yeah. it's Absolutely. such a popular one. So how can we give us an example of where someone that doesn't like to sell? Yeah. How can mm-hmm. we learn to have more of a passion in our business? Yeah, absolutely. 
the first the first thing that I'll kind of just like roll back a couple of seconds and we talked about like how do we get the the, that the less how do we get the lessons from doing what we love and how do we take those lessons and then apply it into that new environment that we're not as comfortable with what's important for us to do is to actually adopt an observational mindset and that is essentially being present so Mm. in the same way that when we're driving down the street we're looking for um, a house that we've never seen and we turn the volume down so that we see better what is actually happening is we're reducing the load on the mind because we're so stimulated by information. Information comes in the form of any sort of sensation that is received through the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, through the body. That's all constant data. So what we're actually doing is we're reducing the the mental bandwidth so that we have the capacity to receive more information, which is all of the houses so we can differentiate, which is the one we're trying to get to, right? Mm. So the problem that happens when we're doing the things that we love, what happens is we get consumed by the love Cause we're like, yes, this feels great. I love it. And it's, that is the loud car stereo. It's so consuming that we're actually using our bandwidth up by being excited. And then because we're so stimulated and we're so excited, it actually reduces our ability to understand what's actually happening underneath the surface. And then when we go into the new leadership or the sales environment, we're now consumed by the, oh, I don't really believe in myself. I don't enjoy this. I'm not good at it. So the, the, the noise and the bandwidth is exactly the same. Does that make sense? The load yeah. on ourselves is uh, mentally we're loaded by actually being fulfilled. And over here, we're mentally loaded by being stressed. So when we start doing the things that we love, we need to learn how to... And receive all of that pleasure and insight from a really calm space, from a really relaxed space, from a really quiet space, because when we're more quiet and when we're less stimulated, we become more sensitive. And when we become more sensitive, we're able to receive more information because there's more bandwidth in the mind. Mm. So it's actually learning how to practice more presence and it's, it's learning how to um, be more calm and be more sensitive and it's learning how to group all those things together as our observational mindset. And I say, like, put, put your observational glasses on. And when the observational glasses are on, we're actually calm, we're centered, we're grounded, and we're actually very aware, we're hyper aware of how we feel. Not Rather than like, yeah, it's actually like, okay, there's an element of, yeah, there's also an element of like, I feel a little bit warm here. I've actually noticed that my shoulders drop down a little bit more as well. And when I'm like that, I can feel how calm I am. And when I'm like that, I'm actually thinking more creatively as well. And that's when we start to notice these, these elements of our internal landscape. And then when we have that internal, remember, it's like feeling that abundance. You just feel the abundance. It's like, oh, this is the culmination of all the feelings that, that, that are the foundation of this fuck yeah. That's what contributes to the fuck yeah. So that when I go into this environment, when I'm stressed about the sales and the marketing, I'm like, okay, where was I before when I felt great? Okay, I was, I was a bit more calmer. My shoulders are a little bit back. And then I'm able to see the positives in that scenario. So we need to actually learn how to slow down first in order to receive more information. And then when we get into the new environment, we need to learn how to slow down again so that we can pull that same information out of our minds. Does that make sense? Mm. There's a huge element of how we manage ourselves 
physiologically, emotionally, and mentally when we're doing the things that we love so that we can actually receive insight. If we're too overstimulated mm. by fuck yeah, then it's just as it's just as helpful as being fully stressed out as well. So that's that's the mindset we need to be going as we just this is the mindset we should be in when we're constantly navigating life because we're always receiving information at every darn moment. But it's do we do we choose to receive and retain that information is what's our responsibility. The information is always there mm. at all times. It's our responsibility to pay attention to that. And that's what creates wisdom. That's what creates insight because there's a deeper understanding of how we feel when we go about our daily activities. And it's that deeper understandings of ourselves that then allow us to see when other people are stressed, other people are out of alignment, other people are confused. Does that make sense? So when we, when we kind of learn how to understand and consolidate ourselves, it's clearer for us to understand how other people are operating, which makes us more advantageous in that sales environment, in that, in that um, leadership environment, because we trust ourselves and we know ourselves and people trust someone who knows themselves. People trust someone who is willing to express themselves freely. And that actually makes us great leaders and great salespeople as well. So that's kind of the first thing that I kind of wanted to share um, and then because I was so engrossed in that explanation, I forgot what the next part of the question was. <laughs> I don't even know what the next part of the question was, mate, but I'm just like, when you said about presence, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of this theme, yeah, between us doing something, how are we showing up when we're doing something that we love? Probably a lot of mm-hmm. the time we're actually being present with it, yeah? Yeah. Think about the things when you're doing something that you really love, you're really mm-hmm. in the moment and feeling it. But when if you're doing something that you don't want to do, mm-hmm usually fearful you're anxious or you're bored or whatever it is but you're mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. either thinking from the past or you think in the future so yeah that could be a key difference as well yeah I mean, there's a it's my role is i've actually um i've stepped back a little bit as a coach myself in, yeah. in the last 12 months mainly the last six months and stepping back as a coach is more so me actually um just taking on less clients so that i can keep my mental bandwidth available for it. But part of my um, intellectual challenge that I'm going through is I've started to realize that like through observing what happens around me, like everything's going to be all sweet in the end anyway. And I actually noticed a lot of my desire to coach was actually to, um, it was actually out of an, an, an emotional need that I had. And it was an inadequacy that I had within myself. And because of that inadequacy, I was pitching myself as a coach so that I could be needed by people. And I was actually using my inadequacy to actually be involved in other people's lives so that I got a sense of purpose. Mm. Now that I have my own stronger sense of purpose, I feel less of a desire to coach because I also know that people are strong enough to actually solve a lot of their own shit as well. So that is actually something that I'm kind of going through at the moment where I'm realizing people actually, um, people's journeys are so unique that it is very challenging for me at times to give advice for people because I know that what's true for me is not necessarily true for them. Again, the military thing, like I'm inspired by military shit. I'm inspired by like, you know, I'm doing an ultra marathon in, in three weeks, which is a 50 K trail run. I haven't even done the, I've I've only done a half marathon. I haven't even done Mm -hmm. a a full marathon, but I'm genuinely inspired by that Mm. and not other people aren't. So I tend to now talk in terms of, um, homo sapiens in terms of physiology, in terms of what's consistent across us 
as part of what the meat suit is. And then when I've, I've noticed that when I can help people optimize their physiology, that makes them better at listening to themselves. That makes them better at calming down that make, cause if I can improve their health, I can improve their sensitivity. If I can teach, if I can prove their strength, when the body is strong, it has less anxiety. There's a thing that a term I've called muscular anxiety. And it's when we feel weak, the body literally locks up and people, people are stiff because their bodies don't feel strong. It's actually a physiological anxiety. So if I can reduce that within someone by helping them become strong, that allows them to go, ah, and when they're, ah, they see the world in their eyes and they connect the dots themselves. So it's very hard for me to give advice a lot of the time on like people like, how do I kind of find myself? And all I can tell them is like, you need to work on your health to learn how to be more physically healthy so that you can learn to become more sensitive so that you can gain more body awareness because your body awareness is where your emotional intelligence comes from because Mm -hmm. it's that understanding it's being sensitive to what's around you and then when someone's in that state that's when their natural spirit starts to piece things together in their way because it's all it's all silent connections it's silent understandings the people making within themselves Mm. so that's why i call it god's path now you know you know i'm not i'm not like a you know like a you know god jesus kind of person i'm not a religious person but um god is the best description because it's this it's as if God has laid this path out for us and that path is the slipstream. And when we step into that slipstream, there's just this natural pull to go in that direction. And no one can ever observe a slipstream. You can only feel it. And my slipstream is different to your slipstreams, which is, which is different to every other slipstream that each pe- everyone listening to this podcast, hopefully hundreds of billions of people are listening to this podcast. Trillions, and they yeah, trillions. And they're going to be like, fuck, where's my slipstream? And in order to find your slipstream, you need to learn how to slow down. You need to learn how to cut through your own bullshit. And you need to learn how to optimize your health and your physiology so that you can hone in on your own bullshit better. And for some people, you're going to need to find a coach. And if you're, if you're someone that needs to find a coach, some of you are going to be more drawn to a spiritual coach. Some of you are going to be more drawn to a scientist, a psychologist, a friend, a mentor, a male, a female. Some of you are going to be drawn to different people and whatever you're more naturally drawn to, that's part of the slipstream. So it really is honing into what your character is, what your spirit is trying to tell you, what your intuition is trying to tell you. Because in my experience and everyone that I've coached, that's worked without fail. But it's very, it's a very deep journey to go because there's a lot of intangible direction because I can't tell anyone to turn left or turn right because my left might be their right and mm. what's right for me might be left for them, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's a very, um, you know, but it's, it's people then having to assume responsibility for themselves and say, this is my journey and I need to not rely on people all the time. And there's a sense of ownership that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And however you can learn to kind of take ownership of yourself, that's a big part of the, the first initial steps is to learn how to, to own your shit. And yeah, the spiritual journey is a hard one, man. Because <laughs> yeah. every, Everyone's is different and, and it's yeah, constantly absolutely. changing as well. Constantly yeah. changing. Awesome, mate. Well, um, Joshy, thanks for coming on, bro. Mate, is there anything you want to leave us with? Nah, just um, health and happiness, good vibes and gains, guys. I, I really appreciate um, 
people taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, if you want to find, you want to find my gym and hear more about us, the gym is called Strength and Motion Academy. We're in Perth, WA, based in um, a small suburb called Midvale, Midi. and um, at Midvale, yeah, it's um, the was it last year we had the highest crime rate <laughs> in WA. <laughs> yeah, well, it might have been the, it might have been the year before that. But it um, sounds like uh, similar to where I grew up, mate. Yeah, yeah, our gym's a little oasis in that as well, but the the space is uh, is rapidly improving as well. So it's a now it's a nice little hub that we've got there. Um, and then you know my Instagram might be on the podcast by whatever, but it's the Joshua Hardy. It's just my full name. And um, yeah, you guys can find me there. And if anyone is in is in Perth and listening to this, hit me up. Would love to chat. Would love to be on your podcast and um, just spread the message of um, allowing people to prioritize their health first and by doing that with a holistic approach they will be able to improve their journey in life because the body is the vehicle and the body is always the first lead domino hey there hope you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that i release every couple of weeks and if you've enjoyed the episode please i really really appreciate it if you leave me a review And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.